Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Well, good afternoon, everyone, Um, and welcome to Wednesday. And Wednesday is a special day because it's Nutrition Matters with Beth Wyman, and um, which is wonderful, the the knowledge that Beth is sharing with us. um, She is a um, registered dietitian and has a wealth of information for us. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Beth, and, um, and welcome. Happy Wednesday. Um, <laughs> great to be a good okay. choice because I feel like the last couple of episodes. You're cutting out. You're oh. cutting out a little. All right. At first, then. First. Because we're not being able to make sure we can hear it. Yeah. Um, it got a little like right. tinny, but then every other word was missing. Oh, well, that's not going to work for sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no. No, I would much rather go outside, which is going to work better. Is that better? Yes, now I can hear you. Hopefully. Wonderful. Okay, it's, good. It's actually nice outside. Um, oh, good. Where I am. <laughs> besides the rain. But it's, it's nice and warm today, which is relative, I suppose, yeah. for some of our listeners. Yeah. It yeah. might be somewhere where it actually gets nice and hot. But um, <laughs> that would be but next it's, Wednesday it's decent. for us. We'll be in Mexico yeah, usually. next Wednesday. So. <laughs> Oh, how warm is it going to get? Um, 85. Um, at nightly, it is going to drop down to 73. Um, <laughs> so, but but wow. hey, it's, it's in the, it will be in the 60s here in Buffalo. I know Mary Stanley had said, oh, we're sending snow your way, but actually it's going south and east of us, so we're not – we're not getting the snowstorms that the Midwest apparently is going to have, so which I'm not complaining about. We've had oh. snow this this season, so that's um yeah. You'll get a nice little break from it then. 
<laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's so usually I record from home um, in my office, um, but I'm in my office at the gym that I see people at sometimes today. It's hard when you're in, you know, like some brick building. Yeah, the mm-hmm. surface is not as good. So we'll take it outside, and hopefully this is good, because this is also a little bit more, like, of a remote area, I guess, like, than where I live. So, oh, okay. And I really feel like that changes the service quality. Yeah, that could be. But we um, can hear you now, so, so it sounds good. Perfect. Good. So in in practice, right, so what I usually do every day seeing clients is I do a lot of weight loss counseling, right? And so walking people through how to lose weight effectively and sustainably. And so I thought I... I realized at some point yesterday, actually, that I don't really think I've ever brought that to the show when I'm talking about what I actually do every single day. Um, now, I see, I see some other conditions with those two, but primarily it's weight loss because that's a big concern for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I have some interesting clients where it's like weight gain, too, um, and that's always kind of a fun challenge, but... But mostly weight loss, and it looks a little bit different for everybody. Um, and I had somebody put it really well that um, they put a lot out on social media, and they said, like, I can say what my journey is and what's working for me, but then the best can tell you what's going to work for you and for all different people. And it was really interesting to hear him, like, differentiate between, like, people sharing their stories and their journeys online versus going to see like a professional to help. Right. Yes. Um, and just the way that he put it, I had never really considered before. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's the difference. Like being able to translate it to many different situations versus just sharing one story. Um, but there's some common themes that definitely come up when it comes to weight loss and then it becomes how to navigate those things. It's different for every person, right? Um, One of the biggest things that I always, always start with is meal timing, right? So I feel like people think that I'm immediately going to jump into eat this, don't eat that, right? Like there's whole books that are eat this, (laughs) not that. There's a whole, I think a whole website called like eat this, not that. And like how to replace different foods. Um, but a lot of, like, a, what, a, what I see with a lot of people who have tried to lose weight on their own is they restrict, 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 and then end up overeating. So it's like you hold it together for a couple of days and then go on this crazy binge because you can't do it anymore. Um, so I do a lot of just moderation, right? How to eat enough but not too much. So figuring out how many calories you actually need. Um, based on how much you're exercising, right? So some of it, the base of the equation, if you will, is your current height and weight and where you want to end up. But then you're also looking at 
okay, how much are you exercising and what are you doing throughout the day? So, you know, my truck drivers are eating a different calorie level than my construction workers because my construction workers are, you know, moving and using their bodies all day long versus my truck drivers are sitting completely still all day long. True. Um, Yeah, so they may be the exact same height and weight, but what they need to eat is different because of what they're doing. If they are starting at the same height and weight and want to get to the same end weight, they've got a different output. What they're doing all day is very different. Um, so then that meal timing is how we divide up eating so that you don't get crazy hungry. Like, it's okay to get a little bit hungry, and and that's when your body signaling to you, like, okay, hey, it's time to eat something. And eventually you learn to work with your body and use that, right, Those use those cues to work in synchronicity with your body and be healthy overall. But once you get, like, super crazy starving, I mean, I feel like we've all been there, where you'll just eat anything, that's going to become super hard to make a better choice, right, like a healthy choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when you're just, like, Stopping at the closest McDonald's or going and grabbing like spoonfuls of peanut butter just to get in calories as quickly as possible. And so by eating regularly, it makes it a lot easier to not get to that point. And so sometimes that's like scheduling meal times and saying and kind of eating by the clock, right? Of knowing like, okay, it's nine AM, I need to have breakfast, it's twelve o'clock, I need to have lunch things like that, and it usually comes out to eating about every three to four hours. Um, we're kind of going just like with a general general person, right? Um, and it comes, it's usually three meals and a snack. And so that sort of takes care of the question of like, well, what do I do if I get hungry and I need a snack? Well, you, you probably will, and it's probably going to be about three hours after lunch. You know, usually the pattern that I see is you breakfast, lunch, a mid-afternoon snack, and then dinner. Every once in a while, it's different, but a lot of it's the same. Um, but then it's what you're putting into those meals and snacks that might be different to get the the right amount of food in. Um, or this is where we might change it a little bit if somebody's got slightly higher protein needs or something like that. We would change a little bit of which foods they're using within those meals. Um but like I said, the very first thing I focus on is when you're eating and making sure it's regular. And then also making sure you're sleeping enough, which people are mm-hmm. usually really surprised to hear me talk about <laughs> because it's not food, right? It's, <laughs> but it changes, it changes your stress level. Um, and having control of your stress level and actually allowing your body to rest changes the way that you digest and use your food. And so by allowing your body to drop into that, what's called a parasympathetic state, so a rest and digest state, allows you to digest and absorb your food better and actually utilize it for, like, muscle repair and things like that instead of just storing it for energy later, right? If you're in that heightened fight-or-flight stage all the time and super stressed all the time, your body's more likely to store it because it's like, oh, 
am I going to have to run from a saber-toothed tiger later? You don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But it's, we're so wired that way. Yeah. We're very much still wired that way um, for survival. So that's, yeah, looking at that behavior of, of sleeping and, and stress management, things like that, uh, play a big role in your ability to lose the weight. Um, you can be eating and doing everything right and just have this, the weight not really coming off well, like it's coming off but not that fast, and it could be directly related to stress. So it's, all, it's more like a whole person focus. Um, when it comes to weight loss versus like not needing to change anything else in your life and just changing like one specific food and it'll magically make everything better. It's a really, <laughs> it's a whole lifestyle involvement to be able to lose weight and then keep it off, which is always key, right? Being able to actually keep it off afterwards. Um, one of the big things that comes up is like, special occasions or vacations or really anything that disrupts your pattern because you can have these set eating times, you can have your meal plans, but then what do you do when it like kind of falls apart, right? Like suddenly one of my kids gets sick and I have to leave what I'm doing and go get them and that means that I don't get to eat lunch on time. Like how do I manage that? Um, or whatever it might be, right? Something comes up at work and suddenly you're in a meeting instead of eating at your snack time. And it's, it's learning to pivot. And this is a lot of where I come in for people is that troubleshooting aspect, right? Because chances are whatever you encounter is going to happen again. And so being able to pivot and say like, okay, this meeting came up and it's my snack time. Well, can you is it a situation where you can just bring your snack with you and eat during the meeting? Because sometimes that's acceptable. Uh, or do you need to eat a couple bites before you go so that you can make it through the meeting, and then you know you're going to be a little bit late today and have it afterwards. Uh, and kind of recognizing those pivot points, if you will, uh, are so important in that, I guess, well, the way that my son's teacher puts it is flexible thinking, and that's the way that they they teach it in elementary school, is having flexible thinking, like recognizing how to make something work even if the situation isn't perfect anymore, um, which I just think is such a great way of looking at it. So that's taken directly from elementary school curriculum, the flexible thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's it's so flexible for adults as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's one of the biggest changes that people usually have to make is changing their breakfast. Um, so often, either people are completely skipping breakfast or it's some sort of, like, very high-carb, low-protein option, like cereal, which, don't get me wrong, like, cereal has a time and place and it is delicious but I know for me it doesn't fill me up like I usually have to eat like three bowls and then I'm still hungry so it's not it's not necessarily worth it to me to eat um unless for some reason I really want that flavor because I know I'm still going to be hungry later I get the same way with pasta I just 
it doesn't fill me up when I get hungry again later. So a lot of times I just won't even eat it. So it's not that those foods are bad, right? It's more of, is it serving up the purpose that I need it to, right? So if I'm eating something so that I stay full for a long period of time for breakfast, like cereal is not going to be it for me because I'm not going to stay full. Uh, so it's not, I like to try to take out that good and bad narrative around food and really look at how is it supporting your goal. And it, and sometimes it's like, hey, you know, I really want this bowl of cereal. Cool, have one. But what else are you going to pair with it so that you're still going to hit what you need? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Breakfast is such an underrated time to get in enough protein. Um, and so it's not necessarily that it needs to be low carb. It needs to be enough carbohydrates, but also have enough protein. And that's where people immediately think eggs, which is certainly possible, but you might not want to make eggs like on a, on a Wednesday morning, right? That might not fit into your schedule. Um, and so learning to, again, that flexible thinking of, okay, how can you make it work? Is, it, is breakfast something that you meal prep and make, like, egg bites ahead of time? Like, um, I don't know, like, egg muffins, egg bites, where you make, basically you're making, like, little frittatas in a muffin tin. So you, um, you take a bunch of eggs, crack them in a bowl, whisk them up, flavor them however you want, and then pour it out in between muffin tins. And then... Usually, it depends how you make them, right, and adjust it to what you need, but usually it comes out to, like, each muffin tin is the equivalent of, like, one egg. And so then you can make those ahead of time and then have them in the fridge and know that you're going to eat, like, two or three of them for breakfast. And not being afraid to... Oh, my gosh. I'm all for quick breakfast because usually we're eating... Not the kids. I force them to sit down, and I should also be sitting down, and I recognize that. But, like, I have been making these protein mug cakes recently, and I, I realized if I overcook it just a little bit, it's solid enough that I can pick it up and eat it with my hands. <laughs> so I can eat it in the car. Um, so I can still – and that's a recipe that I want to make – I want to actually write down the recipe that I use for that, and I'll share it in the Facebook group Um, because that will hold me accountable to actually writing the recipe down. (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's important to sit down to eat, but I fully recognize that that's not where I am when it comes to breakfast. Um, So instead of throwing it all out the window and being like, well, I just won't eat anything or I'll just grab like, an apple and keep going, that's not enough. Like this protein mug cake gets me where I need to be. It's got the carbs I need. It's got the protein I need. It's got a little bit of fat. It's like, it's a decent, decent amount of calories. I think it's like 350 calories. So it's enough that it holds me through till lunch. Um, Because a lot of times what I see is that people restrict in the morning and then are starving by night. So they've had like, just like tiny 100-calorie breakfast, maybe 300 calories at lunch if they're having like a salad with some stuff on it. And then 
And then by dinner, they're starving and sit down to like this thousand calorie dinner because they genuinely <laughs> eat point. it. But your body does better. What? I said eat a thousand calorie dinner than go to bed. It would not help. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're not giving your body time to actually use it before you're laying down and sleeping. But it's so much better to kind of spread that out throughout the day. And it's just, honestly, like, more comfortable. Like, you're not stuffing yourself or starving yourself. You're just comfortably full. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the whole honoring your body, respecting what you've been given, right, respecting the body that you've been gifted, right, to use and take care of. And um, and feeding it well, and so that works. That mentality works very well if I'm dealing with somebody who's either like very religious or spiritual in some aspect, right? Of recognizing that you've been given this body, and it's your job to take care of it, and that kind of reframes it so that, like, if you were gifted something, you would want to take care of it and respect it not take it for granted good point yes yeah that usually helps with a little bit of that mindset shift instead of thinking that you sometimes like this whole um like reward and punishment cycle come up with eating where it's like oh well i've been good all day so i'm going to have a cookie or you know i got through a super stressful day at work so i'm going to have bowl of ice cream or something uh, or oh I ate, a, I ate a horrible dinner I've got to go for a run on the treadmill and burn it all off kind of like punishment type cycle um, it doesn't it doesn't actually help you take care of yourself and recognizing that like if you had a hard day what you deserve is rest and adequate nourishment not necessarily like a bowl of ice cream Get me wrong, I love ice cream, but it's a special occasion food. Right. It's not a everyday thing. Next thing, actually, that I didn't realize is very different that we do in our house. We don't have dessert every night. Um, when did this come up? I think when my grandma came over and asked what we were having for dessert. And I kind of, my kids, like, looked at her like she had three heads. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, never, like, growing like up, we Tuesday, never. Why would we have dessert? Dessert, right, right. Now, did you grow up with dessert? No, no. No, we didn't. Um, and it so, you know, it wasn't, and it's funny because even if my husband and I go out for dinner, um, we rarely, rarely ever get dessert. Um, a while back we used to, we haven't gone to a movie in so long, but we were with friends and we would go have dinner, then go to the movie, but we would take, we would have dessert to go. And then when we got home in the, in the evening, we after after the movie, we would have our dessert. But again, that was years ago. We haven't done that for a long time. But to eat a full, we the one thing 
that neither of us can do is eat a full meal, a restaurant meal. They're so huge. We went out to dinner um, with Ron's sister and her husband um, uh, last Saturday night, and they split one meal. We each got a meal, but we, each of us, Ron and I, only ate half of it, and we had it for lunch the next day. Um, so I couldn't imagine having dessert on top of, you know, um, mostly because restaurant yeah. meals are usually so huge. Um, and It's typically you know, it's just two way to three too much servings food. of food. Yeah. 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 Usually it's two to three servings. So it kind of helps justify the price a little bit sometimes, but it is – it is something to recognize, right, and just be aware of what you're eating and mm-hmm. being able to look at the plate and say, okay, what makes sense for me? What's going to help keep me full and help me stay on track with whatever, like, your health goals are, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, so. It, it Weight Watchers a couple What did we times. do? We did. Oh, go ahead, Weight Watchers. No, I was just going to say at Weight Watchers, um, they suggested right at the start asking for a to-go box and just put half of your meal in the to-go box um, and right from the start so that you only have, a lot of times, you know, my husband and I, if we're out, depending on the restaurant, of course, we would just share a meal, Um, even at like Red Robin, those hamburgers are so huge. We just order one, and and they're so nice there. They put them on separate plates for us and everything. Um, oh, but nice. if if a restaurant doesn't want to do that, um, just ask for a to-go box right from the start, and that really curbs your overeating. Thinking, oh well, I'll save some of us for later, but then you keep eating. So that's that's a a trick, you know, um, and then you know because of the price, Absolutely. you have two meals, so you can kind of think, okay, well, you know, it's you know, twenty dollars for whatever, but I'll have two meals out of it. That does help for sure. It's um, I know sometimes yeah, the box ahead of time, and sometimes you can ask for like a lunch portion. You get mm-hmm. smaller amount. Yeah. Depending on where you are, some places will do that, and, or we're, have it available. Since, um, since we're retired, we we do that quite often. And if we're going to say a chain restaurant, um, we tend to go out for lunch more than out for dinner, um, and the portions are smaller, so that's always helpful too. Um, you know, so you know we yeah. we've done that. One of the things that I typically suggest when people are looking at losing weight, one of the methods that you can help kind of guide food choices and portion control and everything is what's called the plate method. And so it's whenever, and it works really well because you can take it with you wherever you are because you're going to be eating on a plate, right? Theoretically. So half of your plate should be vegetables. And then about a quarter of it should be your protein. So whatever it is, chicken, fish, steak, whatever. 
and then a quarter of it is um, your starch. So, and theory, in theory, you would pick something that's got a little bit more fiber. But whatever it happens to be, whatever your choices are, this is where like your potatoes, rice, pasta, bread go. And so that visual, right, that that mental image of how to set up your plate works really well because you can do it anywhere. And one of the biggest things with diet changes and with weight loss is the consistency of being able to do it over and over and over again no matter where you are. Um, I, the gym I go to, a couple of them are prepping for um, like a physique competition and so they do bring their food with them everywhere and have it all pre-portioned out. But that's not normal, <laughs> right? Like I'm not going to suddenly start doing that. And most people don't do that. So being able to look at your plate and figure what you need or if you're at like a friend's house for dinner or something, knowing what to serve onto your plate and that if you have that set up, half a quarter protein or starch, you're going to be pretty close to what you need, right? It's going to be, you're, you're going to be pretty close to on track and that's close enough. Um, and it's certainly worlds better than just throwing it all out the window and having a free for all. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't, yeah, it definitely does not need to be super strict. I think a lot of people think that it needs to look like that kind of that all or nothing thinking. And it, it certainly doesn't. They're, they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not sustainable. Um, but it's for them though. It's time limited. No, it's time limited. Even for them doing it, right? They'll do it just for their prep. So for like about two months, and then that's it. So it's not that they're doing it every day, all year round. It's just for a very mm-hmm. short time window. Um. So even then, they know that it's not sustainable long term. And it does make it really hard. Like, it makes it hard to go out to dinner with friends. It makes it hard to go anywhere because you need to be able to eat at the right time and the right amount and the right thing. Um, so it can get very, very strict for the general person trying to lose weight. Like, it absolutely doesn't have to be like that. It can certainly just be knowing your eating time. Sure, packing your lunch is going to make it easier, but especially people that work in an office building, you know what's right around you. You know where you guys typically go out to eat. So taking a look at those menus and picking like two or three options at each place that you can pick from that are going to keep you on track is is good enough. Um, it doesn't need to be perfect. And releasing that stress of like trying to be perfect makes it more sustainable and you'll actually see more long-term success by going in like half perfect. I guess for lack of a better term, like doing it a little bit messy, you're going, it's going to be more sustainable and you see better long-term results than if you try to really like restrict and make things completely perfect. So it's, that's always an interesting one. And it it tends to be really liberating for people to realize that you don't have to like hold on tight and make it super perfect. Like as long as it's close, it's good enough. Hi, um, Linda and um, Beth. I this is Bob. I uh, I, I just want to make a couple of quick Bob. comments. Um, how are you both doing today? Good, good, Bob. I'm doing great. Great, great. I you know the attitude certainly has a lot to do with our bodies, 
and uh, and how we uh, how we feel and so forth. But one thing uh, we we were talking about what people eat. At least you guys were. I was listening, and um, the old adage of um, "We are what we eat" uh, is very is <laughs> is true, and uh, and it's um, it's not only what we eat; it's how much we eat, and what the uh, what the composition of that of that food is 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 very important. And that's what you guys were just talking about. And I think that's. Uh, that's critical for each one of us in our in our uh, to have a healthy body and and ha- and have a body that uh, has a natural healing of powers and the, and the, and the, and the better we treat it and and uh, the the best the, the food we give it and the supplements we give it give our body is uh, is so extremely important and i i thank you both for uh, for talking about that and uh, and I just thought I'd uh, come on for for a couple of seconds and uh, and say hi and 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 let you know that we're we're very happy that you guys are talking about these things on our radio show because it's very <laughs> important to every one of every one of us, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so so thank you, thank you, thank you. Back to you, Linda. Yeah, absolutely. And Beth, back to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's um, yeah, it's a timely topic, I feel like, because uh, we're coming out of the cycle of people having their New Year's resolutions and working on that. And typically in March, which is next week, is when people start prepping for their quote-unquote summer body, right? And so there's going to be marketing that starts to come out around how to prepare for the summer and look good for your swimsuit. And it's and there's these cycles that happen all year long about, about like health and fitness, but it's going to start coming up again in the next couple of weeks. There'll be another big push just out in general of, Oh, do this special diet so that you're ready for your bikini or like, you know, the summer body look and things like that. And it's, it's really about like an overall lifestyle change and a mindset shift and really connecting with your body and what it needs and taking care of yourself as a whole person. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Other than being ready for your, I don't know, summer body thing I have a whole issue with as well because I feel like it doesn't really matter. Like you should still go out on the beach and go in the water and have fun and play no matter what size you are. But I know that some of it is like feeling comfortable. And so being able to feel comfortable enough to do that certainly has merit of making sure that, you know, that's sort of my job, right? Is to help people feel comfortable in their body. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm that they get out and do something. Well, I think you're more, at least in the, um, you know, northeast where we are, you're more conscious of your body in the summer because you're wearing lighter clothes. And so whereas in the winter you tend to have, you know, big bulky sweaters to stay warm, well, you're not going to be wearing that, you know, in, in the in the summer sun, so you may be a little more conscious of, um, you know, of how your body looks. Um, but 
it's like you said, it's something we should be conscious of all year long, not just store up all the, we're not hibernating, so we don't need to store up all the fat for the winter to try to get it off for the summer. You know, um, I think we've evolved a little more <laughs> since, since having to do that, but. Sometimes I do wish we hibernated. It would be lovely. Um, and really, so there's a, there's a huge tie between nutrition and mental health. Um, and so that becomes a large component too. And especially over the winter, there's where we live when there's not a lot of sun during the winter. And so seasonal depression absolutely is in full swing and we're all kind of coming out of it at this point. But um, it's, Eating well and feeding your body well can certainly help. It's not going to fix seasonal depression, but it can absolutely help. Uh, one of the biggest things is getting enough protein. It kind of it works in a lot of different ways, right? But getting in enough protein is going to help with weight loss. It's going to help with um, like basically mood stabilization. It's not going to suddenly make you super happy, but it's going to keep you from going really low. Um, so it can help with mood stabilization. Um, it helps to keep you full. So you're not going to feel as like snackish or have a lot of cravings. So usually when I'm trying to really simplify the direction for somebody of what they need to be eating, it comes down to making sure you get enough protein and enough fiber, right? Those are the two things that are going to keep you full for the longest and have the biggest impact on your health overall in kind of like an overarching manner Um, because the fiber does something similar where it's going to keep you feeling full for longer uh, and it's also going to impact your gut health and help keep your intestines healthy and by doing that in turn you keep your immune system healthy so you're not getting sick as much so it, it, it has this like trickle effect once you start eating well so not necessarily dieting and restricting but just refocusing and eating well, um, it has this trickle-down effect and, and changes so much, and you just end up feeling better overall. And then weight loss almost becomes the side effect, right, of doing these things mm-hmm. and feeling better because when you're not feeling run down and sluggish, so when you're feeding yourself well, you're getting in the protein, you're getting in enough energy or calories every day, the energy to go out and like go for a walk or maybe do some exercising and then those habits and those new things that you're doing are what lead to the weight loss it just like I said it becomes like a side effect you're so focused on taking care of yourself and then you're not hyper focused on like a number on the scale and then suddenly that number starts to go down um, but yeah re- really refocusing and building up solid habits is so important um i think oh yes i I was going to talk about that that habits developing habits were so important you know we can develop good habits good eating habits and bad eating habits and um so you know it's it's a matter of um, a mindset i think if we if we have the right mindset to our to to have a healthy body um, and, and, and to find out what's the best way to have the healthy body. And it's not just one thing. You know, it's, it's, it's what we eat. It's what we uh, – do we exercise? Do we, 
do we uh, take uh, supplements to help to help our, our body and 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 do we get uh, checkups every so often? That's important. I've seen. I used to work in the hospital. I saw plenty of people that were like, "I haven't been to a doctor in 15 years," and then the first time I went, I'm riddled with cancer. I'm like, "Well, oh, it didn't cause that." Yeah, we could have caught it years ago when it was treatable. You've been going for regular checkups. The sort of narrative that happens that they think they got sick because they went to the doctor finally, and it's like, no, <laughs> been sick this whole time, and just didn't know. Right, Linda. Yeah. You know, you talked you talked about earlier about the uh, the difference in um, in our habits on our body in the wintertime versus in the summertime, because uh, you know in the summertime we have more exposure to other people, and and our body is exposed more to different different elements outside. And and um, but anyway, um, the habits that we develop need to be year-around habits, not just uh, for seasonal, you know what I mean? They need to be year-around habits because mm-hmm. our, body needs, our body needs the same kind of nutrients and the same kind of uh, exercise and so forth all year round. And, and so that's very important to, uh, to have that attitude and to uh, develop those kinds of habits so that, so that we, uh, we can stay healthy. And our, and our body can heal us and keep us uh, safe from uh, critical illnesses. So, uh, so that's all very important. This is typically okay. every fall. Um, I have the conversation with people, especially my folks that walk outside a lot for exercise. Hey, that's great. And in the fall, we talk about what are you going to do for the winter? And the look on their face of like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, I'm not going to be able to go outside and go for a walk, at least like where I live. Um, so what what are we yep. going to do instead? And so with just a different plan for those days come that are too cold, too snowy, whatever, having a plan in place before comes an issue, it's so much easier to transition Yep. You know, I I have um, <laughs> I have always tried to to take care of my body, um, and and I'm I'm just um, stating um, my situation and so forth. But um, I have uh, today I'm 85 years old, and I and I uh, I weigh as much as I weighed when I was in high school, and I um, I was pretty thin because I was very athletic, and and so. Um, I I think that's um, that's important to try to um, maintain your your body weight uh, as as long as you possibly can and and uh, that's that's very important as well as all the other habits that we have the eating habits and uh, and supplemental habits habits and so forth food eating and exercising and all those other ha- habits that we have to to make sure that we uh, we take care of and then have checkups every so often to make sure that um, there's nothing uh, that we need to change or something we need to do. Uh, and the doctors can help us with that. Funny, Ron and I um, both have our physicals tomorrow. 
How timely. Yes. Um, And your needs, so nutritionally speaking, your needs actually change throughout your lifetime um, and shift, not only in terms of calories, the breakdown, so what like your macronutrient breakdown should be changes throughout the course of your lifetime. And, And so that's always important to check in because what works for you in your 20s is not going to work for you in your 40s and is not going to work for you in your 60s and 70s. So yep. being able to check in on that and change it as you need to becomes extremely important. Um, not only does your calorie needs go down as you get older, protein needs actually go up. Um, that's, it's a very interesting juxtaposition because um, – we're never taught that, and so I would see all in a long-term care, so like in a nursing home, of like and toast, and there's no yep. no protein in that, just a little bit. So I'm like, okay, we need to change what you're doing. You can feel better and feel a little bit stronger. Overall, have like a better quality of life. Um, we're never told that get older, yep. yes, your calorie needs go down, and we tend to notice that because we don't feel as hungry, protein need goes up too. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I've noticed um, as I got older, um, the intake of food, the amount of food that I eat is, is much less than it was when I was younger. And um, yeah. I... Um, I think that's one of the one of the changes that 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 we uh, we see in our in our bodies as we grow older. That's just your body naturally telling you, and you're listening to it, that you don't need as many calories, and so you don't have quite as much of an appetite, and that's okay. Right. And learning because you've learned to listen to your body and work with it. You have, you've adjusted and met that need. I feel like a lot of times we end up so disconnected from our bodies and don't listen to the signals that it's giving us that we miss cues like that that help us take care of ourselves long term. You didn't need somebody to sit you down and say, hey, you've reached this age. Your calories are going to decrease by this much. Just Recognized, hey, I'm full. I'm going to stop eating. Oh, that's not quite as much as I used to eat. Rolled with it, which is excellent. Yeah, I um, I, met, I met and I married uh, a Spanish woman uh, about three years ago. We we got married, and I I noticed um, her family and her they um, they consume a lot more food than I do, and I I had to, to keep after her to not put so much food on my plate because uh, I, I get too full if, if I try to eat all of that. And I think it's not, in, uh, it's not really needed in my case anymore um, to have as much food. But they love to eat, and they love to eat a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I also had to learn about the, uh, the difference in the, the cultures uh, they have different types of foods that they eat than what I, I what I what I've been used to, and I I certainly enjoy some of those different kinds of foods. And I've told my wife, I said, 
I don't like spicy foods. I don't want I don't want a lot of spicy foods. And she she does she takes care of that, and uh, she makes sure that I don't I don't get uh, something that's real spicy. And and uh, so anyway, that just I, I just wanted to mention that that's uh, changes also that we have to make in our lives sometimes when we're when we're exposed it's- to a, a different a different environment and a different culture. Uh, sometimes that that changes what we what our body, uh, how, what the types of things that we eat and so forth. Uh, and it can be wonderful because you can be introduced to new things that you never thought you'd like before. Um, yep. And um, introduce like new ways of getting in your fiber, new ways of getting in the things that you need. Right. And there are times where people fall off track with their, with eating well, they get bored. So, having different cultural foods, great way to keep it fresh and interesting that you would not normally be exposed. Right, right. Another big one. You're right about that. People will be on track and doing great, and they're like, but I don't want to eat yogurt anymore. Have you tried black beans for breakfast? And so it opens up this whole conversation of trying different and new foods or trying wouldn't typically think of as breakfast foods or something. Yeah. Cool conversation yep. into different cultural foods. Yeah. Yes. Different different fruits sometimes. Different vegetables and even uh, the way the the way the uh, uh, meats meats are prepared are, are different. And uh, I've introduced her to a number of things that I've, I've used over the years, like sweet potatoes. I love sweet potatoes. And uh, now she, she cooks those and, and, uh, because um, we both like them, and, and, and that's part of our, our diet now. And, and, but she um, prepares the food in ways that um, I, I, was, uh, I was not used to over, over the years. Um, like she... she um, uh, cooks a lot of her foods through steaming, steaming the foods, uh, like the vegetables and the meats and, and so forth. No, no fry, very little frying of any foods. And, right. um, and so, so it's, um, it, it, it really is, uh, like you said, getting, getting involved in a, in a different culture and a different, uh, the way that people do these things, um, and the different kinds of foods that they eat is, is, uh, can be a blessing, and it is to me because uh, I'm, I'm glad I've gotten exposed to those things, and uh, and that's why we should uh, we should all not be afraid to try new things that can be healthy for us, uh, because those things are very important. It goes back to that flexible thinking of trying new things, trying stuff that's different. Yeah. Yeah, right. to always learn and adapt. It keeps you young. Yep, absolutely. I think those are my big points for what I usually say works well for weight loss is what you actually need. Eat method is usually the simplest breakdown and um, adaptable and being able to be consistent and and eat well anywhere and really care and take care of your body by giving it enough protein breakfast so it's the secret key I feel like it's the high protein breakfast 
Yeah, I was one of those that um, did not eat breakfast for years and years. Um, and I, you know, because I was always running, you know, to catch a bus or to, you know, get downtown. Um, and I realized how, you know, dangerous that is. It really is that good for your body. And so I am um, being more cognizant of it and what I eat now. Um, I still did have my Cheerios, but there's a lot of fresh strawberries on it. And so I've been eating the rest of the strawberries <laughs> all morning. Um, and so it's, You're it's doing just it with one... milk. You're getting in a little bit of protein that way. Yes. Yes. And no added sugar or anything, although I think there's enough probably sugar in the, in the Cheerios. But, um, but no, it's much. It, it made it's made a difference um, because I could tell you know those you know all those hundreds 150 years that I worked that I didn't have breakfast um, you know it makes it makes a difference now um, that I'm not starving as soon as we're done here I'm going to go make lunch Ron has another doctor's appointment this afternoon he's doing double um physical therapy on his knee in the morning and on his throat his um the his stroke messed up his swallowing ability so he has physical therapy believe it or not on on how to swallow um which is odd because it's one of those things that you do with reflux you know not reflux just um without thinking reflux Reflect. Yeah. That's what I meant. Um, not reflect. That's different. Um, but it's it's one thing that you have to be cognizant of. So it's really funny. So Mondays and Wednesdays, he's quite busy. And then we each have our physical with our regular doctor tomorrow. So this is doctoring week, I'll tell you. <laughs> A lot going on this week. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, well, That's thank good. You, You're thank taking you, care Beth. of yourselves. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you so much, Beth. And uh, Linda, thank you for running the show today. And um, I, I appreciate uh, both of you and all all the people that are working together on this team uh, to help other people, because that's what we're all about through the Hope Collection, is helping people and helping them to help other people. And uh, exactly. so thank you both for thank you both for what you do. We appreciate you. And God bless well, thanks you. Thanks for coming in and, and contributing. We always appreciate that too. So with that, Beth, well, um, have a wonderful afternoon. We look forward to um, next Wednesday. Now next Wednesday I will not be here. I will be on my way to Mexico to Riviera Maya. Um, so I'll talk to um, to Mary to see if she could um, facilitate the call um, next Wednesday. But then I'll be back if, the following Wednesday. Yeah. If she can't do it, uh, of, Linda, let, let me know and I'll, I'll take care of it. Okay. All righty. Wonderful, Bob. Okay. Thank you. I know Mary always puts in the show notes the link to my workbook if anybody's looking for more um your own guidance for how to eat the link to my workbook will be in the show notes and then i'm going to make sure that she's got the link to my website in there too um, since all of my vis- 
virtual, anybody that's listening can certainly schedule a call and talk to me if they wanted personalized information. Um, so I'm going to make sure that's in there as well. Right. All righty. Is that a mindful food journey? But, um, the mindful meal planning journal, the workbook, that link should be in there already. Okay. There's, there's a link to that. Um, um, com product page, Evolve Meal Planner, and Tracker. That is on the um, cover page. That's for. Will, let me send you a different link. Okay. That might be just on, I don't know if it's on um, everyone's blog talk when you call in. That's what's on um, on the host page. So it may be different. So. Okay. Linda, when, when uh, Beth sends you that link, uh, please forward it to me also because I, um, I, I'm very interested in it also. All righty. Wonderful. Well, thanks, everyone. Thank you. Going to get lunch Thank for him guys. and then off to his next appointment. So <laughs> we'll talk to you later. All Bye-bye. right. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.